Hey guys, Tim Shorts of Gothridge Manor doing a lunchtime podcast. Just got done eating my chicken sub. It was okay. Like you guys care. So what I thought I'd talk about today is how our first session went on Monday night. We're actually going to do second session tonight. So it featured the Holy Hobbit and the Street Mage. So Matt Jackson's playing the Holy Hobbit of the Great and Biber. And Joe is playing a street mage from a big city called Eastgate. Uh, so we played on Monday. We're going to play tonight. Finish off the adventure. Let me tell you, they, you know, they did pretty good considering one's a Holy Hobbit and <laughs> one's a street Mage. Now, what I did for Joe, let me let me go over the street mage first. So the street mage has some extra skills and everything. I think I explained that he has an extra magic missile that does not increase in power as he levels up. However, he gets one per level. So if he's third level, he can throw out three in a day. Um... It's a pretty, you know, pretty potent ability. Yeah, it's not too shabby to have. So, and then I also gave him the ability to cast an additional, I think it was first level spell. And then when he can learn second level. So what I did is use the old time... Uh, um, Chart. I can't remember which book I got it from, but if you have high enough wisdom or intelligence, just like clerics did in the old AD&D, they got uh, additional spells per their wisdom, you know, their wisdom bonuses. <clears throat> so I did that with mage too, with the street mage. All mages, in fact. So he's kind of going around, I think, with three first level spells at first level. So, I mean, he's not a incompetent mage so i mean he does have some stuff that he can do i think he had like shield and light and then his magic missile spell the actual spell also and uh so the intrepid adventures started off traveling through one of my hexes it's i've got uh, uh overall hex that's broken down into smaller hexes that some i've mapped down mapped some of the smaller hexes unfortunately my ability to scale is awful. I tried. <laughs> I think the one farmhouse I have is probably like two acres big or something like that. It's like a freaking, you know, giant warehouse looking thing. But, oh, well. Um, should put like a little warning. Things may be larger on my maps than they appear. Uh but so they were traveling through there and they were kind of getting a little taste of the the atmosphere around here. You know, it's very dark, prim, primeval forest. You've got lots of, uh, like the canopy so thick that it's almost, you're going to need torchlight when you go in there. It's, it is that dark. It was funny because Matt's like, do you get that dark? I said, have you ever been into a forest that was that thick? I said, yeah, it gets real freaking dark. Um being in rural PA, I've had lots of experience going in the woods and it being a lot more difficult to see. I mean, especially in some of the bigger woods in the mountains and everything, if the canopy gets so thick, it's night in there. But, uh, so 
they were traveling along and they encountered uh, a simple thing. One of the things I like to try to put into my game is the life that is going on around there. And there was like a farm nearby. Well, I just, they, I, I had them roll, like, roll their own stuff, like for random encounters. And during one the night, uh, they ended up encountering a cow. They, <laughs> the hilarious thing was, is Joe's a city guy and I made a noise. Matt's from Midwest. So he understood what it was. He said, Oh, it must be a cow. Joe's thinking it's like some troll or something. <laughs> so it, it, it was appropriate because, because Joe was playing a mage from the city. So he didn't know what a fucking cow sounded like, but, but Matt being from the Midwest and his hobbit being, you know, an agrarian kind of culture, he knew what it was. And he wasn't too worried about it. Although Joe was ready to magic missile, the cow, which is kind of funny. <laughs> uh, but anyways, they ended up uh, getting the cow, which they later found out was Ellie, and it had just gotten away, and they returned it to the family. But before that, they kind of explored this one area that I call the Resting Stones, and they got to see some of the workings of the Northmen and some of the magic, and they're kind of keeping track of some of the runes, and just, just in general, just... Uh, um, trying to get a base understanding for it right now, uh, and which is which is pretty cool. That's something I have to work on. I have to get the runes and the and the language kind of figured out a little bit. I was talking to one of my other players, Chris, who's a language professor, and he was helping me out with uh, how to how to develop a language and. It actually, once I explained it, it, it seemed like it was much easier than I expected. But I still kind of wanted it to make sense. Uh, so, yeah, so they interacted with this family. The family had this daughter who got cut by a knife and by this creature and ran back in the woods. So they decided to go, because this family's a farmer family and they want to they start a new crop. And they can't do it with this one area because it's... It's uh, still kind of in the wild territory. So they asked them to clear it out. So they found the cave where this creature that's very stock, short, stocky, very white, pale skin, black, long, stringy hair, like really big kind of square, brutish looking feet. Um... And they went down there, and basically what they encountered were Grimlocks, and my version of Grimlocks. They're blind, but they don't. It was kind of funny because Joe had the light spell just specifically to blind somebody, and he put it right on the Grimlock's face. It didn't affect the Grimlock at all because he didn't know it was there. But the, the nice thing was is they were able to track the Grimlock around in the in the cavern because you know the dark cavern because he had the light on his forehead. This was a little funny. But they started exploring that, but they really, I mean, while they did very good against the Grimlocks, I think they took down, they took down the Shaman and I think three other ones, and then there was a fourth one who got away. But they got their ass handed to them a little bit. They had to go away and come back, and both of them went down, like the, the Hobbit went down for to zero hit points at one point, and uh, then the Mage went down at one point with negative one 
Now, the way I run my game is you can go down to negative your constitution, which isn't a lot. Like I said, it's like, I think, you know, if you have an 18, it's minus, or you could go, you know, it's plus three, so you could go to minus three and still be considered unconscious. So I give you like a bigger span of it. Well, luckily, Joe's mage has a plus one constitution. So when he went to negative one, you know, they both thought he was dead, but he wasn't. He was just unconscious because he had that bonus. Had he not had that bonus, yeah, then he, then Joe would be rolling up a new street mage or doing something different. So, but it's fun to do. Uh, but anyway, so they were able to get, get back going again and um, get out of there before they drove, well, they drove the Grimlocks off. Uh, Matt actually ended up setting the shaman on fire uh, and nearly, but the shaman had this magic made maze or staff that uh, Joe wanted. And uh, he had to make the saves and dex rolls. Cause the thing is the, the Hobbit only had one hit point, and if he would have failed his roll, he would have taken some damage and probably knocked himself out also. So then both the mage and the Hobbit would have been pretty much lights out. While they'd still both be alive, they'd be unconscious for a day down below there. Uh, so it was a risky move to save that magic staff, but he, he did. I think he rolled a nat 20 or something like that. So he saved it without any issue at all. So... Joe got his magic staff, which basically the magic staff is a is a ba um, a basic staff where it'll store one first level spell within it. So he can like cast a magic missile in it or whatever one of his spells inside the staff and use that. And then if he wants to, then he can you know re redo it again with another spell in there. Now that might be I haven't decided yet with the with the staff. But it might become what I call a scalable magic item. So as Joe grows in power, so does the staff. Uh, I think I'm going to do that, but it's going to have a cap. It might not go up too high. Maybe it'll go up to like a um, be able to store like a second level and then another first level, like as like in a third, as if you were like a third level mage kind of thing, and then it would cap out. Because it's a very basic staff. However, you know. Uh, I leave the option up to the players and we'll, you know, we'll go over it and everything. If he wants to make it a little bit more powerful of a staff, he'll be able to do that. And we'll discuss about how that's going to work and what that's going to look at, look like and what he's going to need to do to have that happen. And that is the beautiful thing about doing this role playing and kind of working with the players sourcing the players for information too because sometimes if i if i'm not sure about a ruling i'll kind of discuss it with them say hey guys this is a situation i said I, there's one of two ways i could do this let's run it past you see which one you guys would prefer and then but just so you know if it goes that way for you it also goes that way for the npcs so you know consider that when you're making your decision and uh, i think it works out pretty well So, uh, so tonight we're going to continue on. They, they want to go back down into the Grimlock kind of caverns. They found some more Northmen 
stuff down there. Uh, they haven't really explored too much. I think they've explored like two or three rooms out of the whole whole thing. Um, they're going to uh, recover for a couple days. They've already been emailing me about some of the stuff that they want to role play in those couple days, which is cool. I like that. And uh, they uh, also got some additional XP for role playing. All right, so I like I tell most people, if you show up, you're gonna you get an XP bonus. So it can, it's almost. Remember when you guys went to? Did you guys ever have teachers where you came in at a grade? They said you have this grade and. It's up to you whether it goes up or down, up or down, or I used to have one teacher that always said we started with a, a B and that's all the best we could do unless we did extra credit, then we could get an A, but you could lose your B by not showing up to class and not doing your homework kind of stuff. So, um, the, so what I do is I kind of, I set a, like usually it's about a hundred points per level. So say they start off with 100 points if they start metagaming their asses like you know if you're talking while you're dead and giving the other player advice while you're dead you're going to lose experience point she's like shut up you're dead just make like dead noises <laughs> can't say anything um or if they're just kind of using some out of game knowledge or just you know not i'll, I'll kind of like hey guys you know kind of I want you to role play this part. I don't want you to just tell me what's going on. Uh, Cause that, it makes a difference sometimes on what my determination is on the outcome. So, but I'm looking forward to getting set second session in 10 tonight, but with those two, uh, still got to hook up with Eric, try to get his character established, do a second or, or finishes Hobbs adventure off with his elf. And then hopefully Monday, We'll have the whole crew there, and we'll get our first full party game session in this coming Monday. That's the hope, at least. We'll see if it works out, but that's the plan. All right, guys, I'm out of here. Thank you for listening. Hope you got a game on. Roll better than me, and we will talk soon.